0: Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos. This is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, and we focus on Magic Arena. This week I've got a returning guest. Please welcome back, Keeb Plays.
1: Hey, how you doing? Nice to be here again.
0: Just fine. Thank you so much for returning again. You might be your third return or so?
1: I believe so. Three, I think it is.
0: It's the third time I cast you, so now you you have six commander tacks, I believe.
1: <laughs> Correct.
0: So welcome back to the podcast. Would you like to promote anything, any streams, social media, et cetera?
1: Absolutely. Um, so my name is Keeb. Uh, I go under the moniker Keeb Plays. I'm on Twitch, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mainly stream on Twitch uh, five to six days a week, and uh, that's where I put most of my content.
0: So cool. I've got to get on maybe Snapchat to promote myself a little bit. I've got the Snapchat, but I just don't use it enough. I just usually log into Twitter, twitter.com slash VMCompost, and I create my content mostly on YouTube. But uh, how do you find Snapchat works for you uh, for self-promotion?
1: Uh, I like it more as a kind of a behind-the-scenes type thing. Um, Instagram stories do the same thing, but I think those are even better good for self-promotion in terms of the general like go live image or whatever Mm -hmm. but i feel snapchat gives a better glimpse behind the scenes of what's going on so maybe somebody like you or me we can show what kind of cards we have or comics or whatever type of things you're doing um and while you're not like filming whatever your finished product would be you show while you're doing it so i think Snapchat's Mm -hmm. good for that
0: Mm, that's a good idea i should try that out uh more self-promotion is more good
1: (laughs) of course (laughs)
0: <laughs> so um have you been doing in general very much magic
1: uh, actually yeah so um i ended up getting the mastery pass which i didn't buy originally because mm-hmm. i had been logging in a lot and grinding out the dailies and uh i find you know getting the gold helps you do some of the drafts etc etc cards so i i've been i was doing that whole grind and i thought if i'm going to be playing this much i might as well get the mastery pass yeah so i did and i've been pretty much playing any event that's the free entry i've been doing all the dailies Mm -hmm. uh getting the full land cards and yeah just kind of learning the game i played some brawl as well uh and that kind of stuff so i'm excited to uh keep playing and uh there's a new set coming out so we're definitely
0: yeah that's so cool i know sometimes people play for a while and they're really into it and then just like everything it might get a little stale for a little bit and then things uh, change up a little and people come back. So it sounds like that's what you did, that you maybe took a little hiatus and then came back.
1: Uh, Pretty much, yeah. I mean, um, I always log in at least uh, every day or every three days so you don't lose a daily. But I always try to uh, gather the gold. That's one Mm -hmm. thing I definitely like to do because it's basically the free way to to earn cards and continue playing. And I like to do drafts. Drafts excite me the most. So uh, I'll grind out the dailies with my basic decks just to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh I've been playing pretty much every day. And sometimes I go a few days in between because life gets in the way, but I try to do the same thing. Uh, getting those daily quests, getting the gold, turning the gold into drafts, turning the drafts into gems, and it's just it's just a beautiful vicious cycle.
1: Exactly. And I actually have been working on uh like I'm I'm a big fan of Mildex, so I've been oh. trying to like not perfect a deck, but just make a really fun deck, like a competitive yeah. deck that'll win a couple games, because it is tough. Some decks just get on top of you too fast, and you don't get a chance to mill. But uh, yeah. if I really can get a good uh, engine going, it's it's pretty much over for them, and they'll just yeah. GG you. And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of mill decks as well, uh, doing them a little bit more online, because... Uh, dealing with your opponent online is a little bit than, different than dealing with your opponent in person. And then in person, I don't want to—I don't want to see how sad they get, so I just do it online.
1: I feel like um, at least with my friends that I was playing with when we did play in person, um, whenever I, as soon as I busted out the mill deck, they almost just didn't want to play. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So that's the good and the bad of of doing that. Do you ever also put any like hand disruption in in that sort of mill deck, or just off the top of their library?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely! I like to throw some duresses and anything that lets me thought sees and anything that I can see yeah. mm-hmm. what are they doing, and then, uh, and then base my moves off of that, you know.
0: Well, I've played a few four-player games of a uh, standard or modern, and I'm I was that guy. I was the demir blue black mill discard deck, and like my perfect turn was. Turn one, okay, black mana, I play Vicious Rumors. Okay, now all my opponents discard a card from their hand, and they lose one life, and they uh, mill from the top of their deck one, and I gain one life. So right away, I'm the enemy. Then turn two, it was the uh, Burglar Rat. All my opponents discard one card because the rat ate it. And then uh, turn three was, uh, what was that one called? Something campaign, propaganda campaign, or something like that. I'll look it up. I
1: think, yeah, I think you're there.
0: Something like that. So then that one, that's an enchantment. Now, once again, all opponents discard a card. I draw one card and so forth. So three amazing turns for me. And then I'm the number one target thereafter.
1: Absolutely. I, I think um, I'd mentioned this maybe before on one of the earlier casts, but um, Dusk Mantle Guildmage was one of my go-tos mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, As a pay three whenever a card is put in an opponent's graveyard. From anywhere this turn, that player loses one life. So not only do you get the advantage of milling, but you can mill life too which is pretty awesome.
0: Well, I think a, I just, I think I just figured out something you and I have got to do a weekly podcast called the mill cast and we okay. talk all mill all the time.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd be amazing.
0: Okay. So we've been, uh, playing, uh, Some uh, arena recently, and the new hotness that we had for a little while was playing Brawl. So, the little format that could might be coming back. Uh, Brawl was announced a year ago or so by Watsy, and it was sort of like a commander light. Uh, with some stipulations. So in uh, in general, it's a 60-card deck instead of 100. It still has a commander, but you can have a, a legendary creature or a planeswalker, so you can have that. Uh, and uh, life totals are either 25 or 30, and it's still all singleton, so it's like commander light. What do you think in general about the, uh, the Brawl format?
1: Um, I actually quite like Brawl. Um, when they... put put it on arena i actually only got to play one match and uh it was unfortunate they're actually quite long um regardless just of the 20 life, 25 life on this one Mm -hmm. Um, i'm definitely excited to play more but uh one thing is i never really got into commander with buds um not only was 100 cards kind of daunting but like Mm -hmm. my friends were new to it so they were just learning card games in general so i didn't want to like get too deep on it you know Mm -hmm um and then i never really went to shops to play commander though i did eventually build a commander deck myself and um mm-hmm. one of my uh friends basically also had one so we played a couple times but i never really got big into it brawl sounds like a better entry point for me into that mm-hmm. um and then i can you know maybe they add commander to uh arena which would be as uh, a big request i think from fans yeah. but uh, even if they don't i think brawl a good response for that
0: yeah, in real life, I only got a chance to play once. It was a little difficult convincing my playgroup to, to make the decks, first of all, even though I would have thought a lot of them had the deck, uh, the cards, at least, because it was standard and people were getting cards. But we played once in real life, and I thought it was an interesting format. Uh, my playgroup mostly is into Modern and Commander, so uh, it's really cool that they then are giving it a second life in Arena. Because uh, it just lets us build these new decks, I- in theory, for free. Because as long as you've got the wild cards for it, you can craft any kind of deck. So uh, I'm glad that they've, uh, uh, that they've brought the format back and are creating pre-cons and such. Are you interested maybe in getting any of the precons when they debut?
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the I played the fairy one in brawl on arena, mm-hmm. and I believe that's gonna be one. That's gonna be one of the precons. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a much better way for you to get into the game. I actually have a commander set that I bought. That's a precon. Uh, that's actually still worth quite a bit at this point. I think oh. It's Still like worth like eighty bucks, and it was. It's like a. It's a white base. I'd have to pull it out of my stack. I still have it though. Mm. Um. So yes, I would be interested in that. I think that's a good way, especially nowadays with the um rarity of it of playing with friends in real life mm-hmm. um i think arena has helped us bridge the gap of playing together especially with direct challenge yeah. but uh and i hope all gets direct challenge by the way but um mm-hmm. uh, i just think that um the pre-cons really make it f- fair you know what i mean you just pick your deck and you play and yeah one might be a little better than the other but most people understand that And it's again it's magic so it's up to the you know your hand and what you draw mm-hmm. um so i really do think that the pre-constructed pre-constructs are better for, like, casual play, if that
0: mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. They're a great product to just get started, and um, you're able to get some friends together. Each one buys their own and just get something going on.
1: And then you just start editing them, which is what we did heavily, you know? Just start yeah. editing and have fun.
0: Yeah, there was someone that just bought their own uh, Commander deck, one of the recent 2019 ones, and it out of the box, it worked very well. And uh, once he starts to tweak it a little bit, it, it'll work even even better. So with these pre-constructed brawl decks, I, I think that's going to be a great entry point for people to play. So during the brawl event, I, I was I actually did play that fairy deck, and I liked it a lot. I liked that it had a lot of synergies. Did you notice that a lot of like pieces fit together with it?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's you know the hallmark of a good uh, commander brawl or EDH deck. I actually didn't know commander and EDH were the same thing for a while. Call me a noob. <laughs> yeah, but uh. Yeah. Yeah, so so I, I think that's the hallmark of a good deck, and I think. Um... The bonuses of playing a a format like this is that you get to play cards that you normally wouldn't. You know, in a Mm. a 60 card deck where you're really trying to trim down and have multiple copies of something and really make a a solid engine for you to get wins or whatever. Um, I think this gives you more of a chance to play the ones that, you know, like have coin flips in them or choose one or the other. Mm. Or, you know, so you get a lot more situational things, especially when now on Arena it's just 1v1, but when you get into a multiplayer type setting, you know, you can really respond to what's going on. And I think that's the appeal of this format. So, yeah.
0: Exactly what you said about that. You have to think a little bit more in terms of you have 60 cards to to fill the deck in. And instead of having to having the luxury of doing two or three or four of a card, you have to think about using cards you might not have normally used, but that they still kind of come together in the synergy of the deck. So what I liked about that Alela deck, the, the, the commander there, or the Brawlmander, someone else said it, and I thought, that's a fun name, Brawlmander. Uh, the Brawlmander of that deck, Alela. she makes uh, fairies every time you uh, cast enchantments or artifacts, and there were plenty of artifacts and enchantments in that deck to get the synergies going
1: absolutely um i mean her base attributes are just insane to begin with and it's something i I was thinking about talking about uh what cards i like from throne but um and then yeah exactly and i mean flying is something that uh if you get a lot of flying out it's really hard to stop Mm -hmm. so uh getting a plus one plus one a base for all that is awesome and like you said spawning um blue fairy creatures uh with more flying Mm -hmm. just becomes pretty mean
0: well, if you've got an idea right now for a good uh, Eldraine card or two that you like, let, let me know. What What is it?
1: Um, Alela was actually just one of the ones that I had put there. Um, because flying, death touch, and lifelink are three of the base mm-hmm. attributes that I just think are really, really strong. Um, who likes to deal with any of those, mm-hmm. especially getting life back, so...
0: Yeah, and then she gives those flyers a plus one, plus zero, so even though she makes one ones, she actually makes two ones, as long as she's still on the battlefield. And I I went to her deck right away, because I saw she had the lowest casting cost, four in total, uh, one generic, one white, one blue, one black, and yeah, four mana for a two, three flyer death touch lifelink by itself is really cool. But then when it gives other flyers plus one, and then she makes more one ones, I think I saw right away, I thought she was, like, the the best deck of all of them.
1: Yeah, that's the way I felt, um, exactly like you said, and I feel like anything that's quicker in Arena uh, it's pretty strong. So uh, the the lower casting cost plus all of that was very hard to say no to.
0: Yeah. I tried playing with uh, all of them. I didn't get a chance to play uh, with the one, uh, what's his name, Tulane something something teller of tale something like that i heard someone else pronounce it in a very interesting way like coolane because it's c-h-u-l-a-n-e and i would think okay chulane that's what makes sense to me but someone else said coolane and then he said or it might be cullen because it's supposed to be irish or something i'm like wow that's true why don't they give us like pronunciation guides for these because sometimes uh it's like how do you even say that word
1: right like spell it phonetically for me Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's maybe along the lines of, you know, how you pronounce Cthulhu.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I tried all of them except that one, Kulain or Hulain or Hulain, however it is. Uh, I tried all of them except that one. Um, and I tried that one deck that was all about knights. And I thought it was fun in terms of when it works, you're able to equip the uh, Colossus Hammer uh, artifact. uh for zero equip cost because that that hammer is the one that gives a creature plus 10 plus 10 Uh, but you have to pay you pay eight mana to equip it but with if you're playing that sir gwyn um knight deck you could equip all equipments to your knights for zero
1: yeah that's pretty insane i've been trying to figure out a a good synergy for that just because i also love the art on that card (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think it's with a a gnome or something like that with a giant hammer
0: yeah it reminds me of gimli maybe from lord of the rings
1: I agree completely.
0: I've actually equipped that hammer onto one of the double strike creatures. So if you don't block it, you're going to get 20 damage.
1: Yeah, that's pretty mean.
0: (laughs) So overall, in general, you you didn't get a chance to play too much, but it looks like we will be getting Brawl back on commander, hopefully 1v1. So uh, in general, how how are you excited for, for Brawl as a new format to play with?
1: I think the fact that they're introducing um this type of format in general um is awesome. I think it was, you know, developed internally, so I think there's a lot of thought that goes behind this, um mm-hmm. especially when you're introducing it to some uh, you know, uh arena as it were. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just basically excited because though there are longer games which sometimes i'm not gonna lie like my attention span when i know like a game's getting really drawn out and i'm gonna get beat like obviously you can see that's the whole point sure. of it conceding but um sometimes like with a kind of singleton format and in, in drawing one a- as it gets drawn out at the same time um i'm very excited for that because i think it's gonna it's gonna um give me some variety uh sometimes when you're just grinding out dailies like me and you do or uh you don't really get the chance to craft a deck. Sure. um not that you don't get a chance to craft a deck, but you know, time's limited in life, so you want to craft mm-hmm. a deck. Um, I think this will give you a really good chance to um, explore the full gamut of magic cards that are out there.
0: I agree. When I was playing some of those matches, I had pulled like my mortify, and it's like, okay, I get to kill that thing. But then something else, uh, one of their own creatures came out and I'm like well I don't quite have removal for it hopefully I top deck it and then and then I inevitably I, I would uh, eventually and so it's kind of cool to know that well yeah they mortified me they killed one of my best things but at least they don't have three more ready to ready to get me it is a little bit more about there's a variety of of uh, strategies and cards and uh in, in a sense it's kind of a little bit more variety which is fun i know some people need to have four of one copy but i thought it was kind of interesting to only have one of each copy
1: i think that it definitely opens the meta up right like mm-hmm. you can have a a very well performing budget deck versus somebody that spent a lot of money on their adh deck but like again it's the luck of the draw at the time and yes like you said when there's only one copy like All of a sudden, your Ravenous Chupacabra becomes very important, right? Yeah. Because that's going to kill one thing and give you a creature on the board. And then if you have something that activates based on, you know, casting creatures or et cetera, et cetera, you know, the way you got to think about your deck, then it becomes awesome. You just dropped a a huge threat, but I'm just going to destroy it with a baby, you know?
0: (laughs) If uh, If we had some fun playing with these brawl decks, they were helmed by a commander, either a legendary creature. Or what's unique to Brawl is a Planeswalker. So right now, Standard has a variety of legendary creatures and Planeswalkers, which some will rotate out when we get to Thorn of Eldraine uh, next month. But are you able to pick a few commanders that you might think about using as a a Brawl commander?
1: Absolutely. Um, As I was a kid that always did extra credit, I actually had Mm -hmm. to pick three. So I'll try to go through them as quickly as I can yeah um God eternal Oketra is actually somebody who I dealt with in just a regular like ladder match yesterday or mm-hmm. not ladder. I guess it's just a regular match that uh, daily match mm-hmm. that I was playing yesterday and uh I really thought that this would be a decent commander. Um, mm-hmm. She's uh three generic, two white so five drop to play mm-hmm. uh, double strike. Uh, legendary zombie god and whenever you catch a creature spell you get a four four black zombie warrior with vigilant mm-hmm. and the vigilance part is what i really like about that mm-hmm. um those are going to go into your battlefield and you could just start equipping them and make your four fours as you cast creatures when you have all this man and a bunch of cards at your disposal um you could just you know go creature heavy and make this very very strong
0: mm-hmm. and now that I'm looking at the card, um, this is something cool about it also. Normally when your commander dies or is exiled or whatever, you choose to let it go to the graveyard or exile or oftentimes back to the command zone. But then you've got the commander tax, you pay two more. Well, I just noticed and I, and I just was reminded of it, uh, Oketra here. When, when she dies, she can go back to your library. So you're going to save that commander tax because you can just put her three cards down into your library, draw her, and cast her again for that regular five cost instead of seven.
1: Exactly, and I thought that was pretty nice. I, th- I There's a couple cards that have like similar features, and I actually knew that there was a, 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 a positive to that, but I really mm. didn't know how it was going to... Uh, 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 show itself and you just completely explained it to me and now i feel even better about it
0: yeah i think that uh i hadn't thought about it until i until i looked at the card myself because just those stats are great i liked playing with that card actually when i was part of the early access streamer event for war of the spark i wanted to make some sort of cat deck and so i put um you know a Johnny's pride mate and Charm Stray for some life gain stuff, but Oketra, she's a cat. There's not enough space to put Zombie Cat God, but she's a cat, so I put her in there too, and she was really cool because I would summon her, and then I would summon the one casting cost uh, Charm Stray, and it would give me the one one cat plus a four four Vigilant Zombie, so that was great.
1: That is definitely uh, um, you get a lot for a little right there. Definitely, I really like. And then and then the double strike as well as a commander So if you're gonna pull her out and start using her, you get a three six double strike.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that might be fun as a as a brawlmander. What about any of the cards? maybe that fit in that sort of like mono white deck because' you, you've got uh, only white mana to work with in, in that in that command in that brawl deck.
1: I mean, you're gonna get. Go, I would go what uh, healer's hawk, Leonid Varengard, because mm-hmm. you're gonna get health gain based off that. Anything kind of in a white weenie deck would really be good here. One copy each, pride mate. No yeah. pride mate in there. You're getting health gain. Um, plus, you're just getting that pride mate getting fatter and fatter the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, plus, uh, as you cast all these very cheap creatures, you're getting those four four vigilance, which vigilance is very strong, especially um, early game. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get a bunch of 4-4 Vigilance that's going to block down or negate any threats that are coming. So Mm -hmm. I thought that you could be uh, not only aggressive with this deck, but it becomes also dangerous late game, because if you start casting very uh, expensive spells, but you're also getting a 4-4 creature on top of it, Mm
0: -hmm. so... I would also think about using the instant God's Willing. That's the one that, uh, for one white mana, it gives a creature protection from a color. So again, there's going to be removal running around, and your brawl deck seems to work really well when Oketra's out. So you want to protect her with God's Willing, one white mana, protect her against any uh, any kill spell, any colored kill spell, and then keep her keep her in the game.
1: Oh, that that's really smart. I didn't think of that either.
0: There's just uh, so many cards to choose from but I think what's good is that when you're thinking about standard it's less of a card pool than the 25 years of magic history in a commander deck but I think that's that's possibly a good stipulation because you don't go crazy finding the perfect card and uh the perfect you know some of the perfect cards in a commander deck are expensive.
1: Well, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, when you're dealing with a standard card pool, they're often a lot more a lot, often a lot of times more affordable. Maybe not as mana efficient and such, but they get the job done in a singleton format. That is true. So cool! I like that. I can't wait to see that uh, mono white Oketra Brawl deck for myself. Um, as usual, I try to do sort of like weird stipulations um, or tribal and such. What I'm thinking about doing is a uh, dragon deck. Uh, so for a possible commander, I'm going to pick, of course, the best uh, dragon commander, which will be the Planeswalker, the Royal Scions.
1: I saw that one, and I actually was looking at it. It was pretty crazy.
0: See, this is a joke because they're not dragons, but they're going to enable my dragon strategies. Uh, okay, so this, this is this Brawlmander. It's, it's the first uh, two characters on one uh planeswalker card in existence it's both will and rowan uh kithrin or katherine whatever their last name is and so they're twins so they're both on the same card this is one generic one blue one red and you get a five loyalty planeswalker plus one draw a card and discard so that's kind of like the blue uh side of the twins Then there's also plus one. Uh, Target creature gets plus two plus zero and gains first strike and trample. So there's sort of like the red part of it. And then minus eight, draw four cards. When you do, uh, the Royal Scions deals damage to any target equal to the number of cards in your hand. So at least you're going to do four damage. If you were completely empty in your hand, you can do four damage to something. You probably have one or two more cards plus four more cards. That's six damage to something. The opponent, your creatures, their creatures, whatever. So that's going to be my commander for this dragon deck, because if you look at uh, what dragons have so far been revealed in Throne of Eldraine, we've got three dragons, and they're all red or blue. There is Loch Dragon, Opportunistic Dragon, and Shimmer Dragon. So based on those three and more research that that I'll do, I'm going to do some sort of dragon brawl deck with the twins as the commander
1: i saw that and i didn't think of the dragon aspect of it but i did see all the dragons i'm a big fan of dragons which is funny that you mentioned this (laughs) um so i i I saw the blue one as well all of them that you're talking about so i didn't think of the synergy with the twins and i really like the twins card i think uh blue red in this format is insanely strong especially with the draw cards and all that kind of stuff which is something that i would need to add to my other decks um but I, I'm wondering, how, did you ever think of somebody like Gorklaw on a dragon deck?
0: Possibly. Uh, how how would that work? Okay, let's see. Goreclaw is just uh, the green, the green big ol' uh, bear creature, right? So, do we have other cool green dragons to put in?
1: So, I mean, you'd have to, you'd have. Well, it's not necessarily green dragons, but it's the fact that creature spells you cost four or greater or two less. Oh yeah. And then you yeah. can just slap dragons on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then everyone that's um, power four or greater gets plus one, plus one, and trample at the end of the turn when you attack with Goreclaw. So everything you're getting is just getting stronger as you're going.
0: I think that might be cool. I do actually use Goreclaw as one of my supporting creatures in my um, in my dinosaur commander deck. In real life, I've got this uh, dinosaur commander deck based on uh, Zakama. Uh, that's the three-color 9-9 nine, nine, um, dinosaur from Ixalan. So I've got uh, Goreclaw in there to help me ramp into the bigger dinos.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. I don't know. I was just throwing it out there. I thought that would be like a, a fun c- creature, not only like um, as a commander in general, but just like in a deck like that would work. But you'd have to throw green in, but then you get like a giant growth and all that kind of stuff. So you can, yeah, you can really overwhelm quickly.
0: Yeah. If you go that route with the uh, with Goreclaw, um, you can have like some of the really big green creatures like that one, um, what's that one, Vortclaw. It's like a 7-7 seven, seven for 6 mana, but it doesn't have trample, so you can chump block it all day long. But if you've got Goreclaw, then that trample kicks in.
1: Absolutely. So it's just a food for thought.
0: Yeah, I think I like that. Um... Another red-blue dragon that is gonna be in the in standard for a little bit is we can have uh, Niv Mizzet, Paroon. He's the blue-blue-blue, red-red-red, big old five-five dragon that cannot be countered, and every time you draw cards, you deal damage and such. So uh, he might be. Uh, I think he might be okay to to be a subordinate to some uh, uh Walking Twins.
1: Yeah, that was that was my first thought. Uh, in any basically blue-red deck, uh, that's my first thought always. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of mana, but it's just uh, amazing how I see other people when they seem to effortlessly cast Niv-Mizzet, and when I tried to do it in my decks, I was never able to get all three of blue or all three of red, but it seems like everyone else uh, was able to do it without too much problem.
1: I guess that's where you go, evolving winds and that kind of stuff, so you can make sure you get what you need. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, Mana fixing and such.
1: Yeah, I I suppose so.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then what other dragons we've got? Uh, we can have Dracuseth in there. That's the 6-casting cost, 7-7 seven, seven flyer. When it deals... When it attacks... This one's so wacky. When it attacks, it deals 4 damage to any target and then 3 damage to each of up to 2 other targets. So you could do 7 damage to one thing or 4 to one thing and then 3 divided up in other ways. Uh, so that's pretty scary.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You can also run Demanding Dragon.
0: Yeah. Uh, When I went to Comic-Con last year, San Diego Comic-Con, I actually cracked a pack of uh, Corset 2019 where Demanding Dragon was in, and I I had the amazing honor to crack a pack with Mark Rosewater, um, head designer at Magic. Uh, he was there at Comic-Con, and so we, we, we cracked it together. I did a video on it. It's on my YouTube, and then we cracked it open, and he, uh, he gave me his good luck so I can get that demanding dragon out of the
1: pack. I actually watched that video that you put up, so it was awesome.
0: Cool, thank you. Uh, I wasn't able to catch him this past Comic-Con, but uh, next best best thing, I also had Gavin Verhey. Uh, I I caught up with him, and I opened up a pack of Corset 2020, and he was so gracious to walk me through every single card of the pack and tell me a story about each one. Uh, And that was like a 15-minute long video, and I put that up on my YouTube as well, and that was a very cool honor.
1: Another one I actually was able to catch because I'm into Magic, so I definitely
0: watch those. Oh, cool. Thanks. Well, uh, let's keep going with your homework. Uh, Let's go for that A+. What's your second... uh (laughs) commander that you
1: oh uh, will this actually be my third i was able to slip second in there in that oh. conversation i thought gore would be fun oh, okay. in, um not just you know the deck you were talking about but i i thought he would be fun in any deck just because you get the the two less generic or on any four or greater so you can just start putting down real fat creatures for a cheap cause mm-hmm.
0: maybe like a fun uh pelaka worm that's the seven seven worm that gives you seven mana or seven life when it gets summoned
1: absolutely you can throw down um th- what's the um The Hydra that gets uh, the amount of counters or you can have it fight something as soon as you put it out. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. There's a couple of great Hydras. I think one of them is called something like Gorogos or something. Garagos. That's the Hydra that fights when you summon it. And then there's that one Hydra that gets bigger the more loyalty you have on a planeswalker. So Hydras and bears. Oh, my
1: yeah also uh there's a turtle hydra coming out in the new set hmm. um i would have to look it up right now but the turtle hydra as well is a green that you can cast and if there's a a big generic cost in there as well that you can eat up with gore claw so i mm-hmm. thought that would be fun
0: That does sound fun. I think one of the one of the funnest ways to play uh, any format in in magic is green just for its like big dumb creatures like I think that's maybe an archetype that a lot of beginners go into that it's just fun. It's like these huge creatures and they're going to stomp on your opponent and summoning nature and all of that.
1: Yeah, so uh, absolutely. And that, that's one of my early lessons. Uh, Red green beat me up really quickly uh, in, <laughs> in, in uh, early magic when I was learning. Um, this uh, Turtle Hydra is actually called Steel Bane Hydra. And it uh, enters the battlefield with the X plus one plus ones and then uh, pay three, which is two generic and one forest, remove a plus one, and destroy a target artifact or enchantment. So that gives you extra um, you know, bonus things that it can do while it's on the field for
0: mm-hmm. you. Yeah. It's always interesting to see something as a zero zero, and then uh, with the X, uh, that's how you'll you'll make it really ferocious. Uh, I'm trying to decide if the art is extremely ferocious or extremely cute.
1: I, I think it's a, a, an amazing mix of both. The artist killed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I never thought I'd see that a creature turtle hydra, but it makes sense. You know, you just put a bunch of turtle heads under the shell, and and it's
1: both. And there you go. You know
0: it's interesting how it's got that ability of uh, destroying artifacts or enchantments built into it do you see sort of like a general trend of cards to do more than one thing like uh remember thrashing brontodon was a big old three four dinosaur or so but it could also destroy artifacts and here this hydra is a big old creature but you can also have it weaken itself a little bit but get rid of pesky artifacts or enchantments
1: uh it's you know, better than the Bronzedon because it doesn't have to die out, right? So you yeah. lose a uh, plus one plus ones. It has multiple activates. So in something like Brawl, it would be really amazing as well. And you put a Brontodon in there, so you have responses for many things. And I did see like a lot of cards, uh, especially in Haldrain that we're talking about. Um, just being artifacts in general or, or creature artifacts or et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. this becomes much stronger because not only does it get rid of, like, you know, a base enchantment or artifact, there's a lot of, like, creature artifacts coming out now and, and stuff like that that you'll be able to respond to just because it has the word in
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, On the results that I'm looking at of cards right next to uh, Steelbane Hydra on the same row, we've got Sorcerer's Spyglass, which stood out to me because that one was a card uh, printed in Ixalan or Rivals, Um, so Ixalan block, and they reprinted it so that it doesn't leave standard because it shuts down a lot of the activated abilities with so many planeswalkers running around. So that's cool. I I hadn't seen that they did that reprint of that card.
1: Yeah, that actually came up in my Twitter feed. Um, I actually saw that in my Twitter feed so yeah it's 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 specific but at the same time very strong and specific
0: Mm -hmm. people don't don't kind of know that it's got a a stealth a stealthiness to it in that it says as 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 the spyglass enters the battlefield look at an opponent's hand then choose any card name technically you don't have to choose the a name of a card that they're holding you get to look at their hand and then uh you know, say the name of their planeswalker that they're not holding at that moment. Uh, sometimes people uh, don't notice like, you know, commas uh, in a rules text, which slightly alters uh, concepts.
1: No, yeah, it's it's definitely a big deal and something that Arena has been able to teach more and more of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point in terms of uh, when you play digitally and with such an advanced system like Arena, that it can... Uh, really kind of walk you through and and help you uh, do your various phases and and steps i know i've uh, i think i've played better in real life uh, because of arena that it kind of uh, steps you through and and helps you uh, as as your games go on do you if you if you play much in real life do you kind of see that happening too
1: absolutely i mean just me being able to tell my friends that what we were playing was essentially house rules for a while <laughs> and then to show them how it really it really works uh, was pretty satisfying.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, my second uh, Brawlmander that I might think about crafting a deck around is Grumgully the Generous. This is a legendary creature, Goblin Shaman. Uh, it's three casting cost in total. So there again, I'm trying to see what, what kind of... Um, what kind of uh, commanders can I pick that are really mana efficient? So it's one generic plus red plus green. It's a 3-3. Each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one. So right here, this is really incentivizing me to go create non-human, a non-human brawl deck. And there's plenty to pick, right? There's uh, fairies and uh, scarecrows or artifact creatures. And uh, they all get bigger as long as we've got Grumgully out on the field and just the art and the name i'm gonna have a lot of fun uh summoning it and saying i summon grumgully the generous
1: (laughs) that sounds like a blast to you Mm
0: -hmm. plus it's got red mana so i think i'm gonna throw in a lot of burn spells and you know uh with green you have your giant growths and that sort of thing so i think those will synergize pretty well maybe uh with a little bit of ramp with those uh uh mana ramp spells and get some big creatures and give them all plus ones
1: steamkins etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: Oh yeah the dreaded street steamkin that's the one that gets so big so fast
1: <laughs> Absolutely that would definitely be a big help there
0: And uh because it puts counters these are plus one counters you can use Karn's Bastion that's that one uh land that you can you can pay to tap that land and it give and it uh proliferates so it gives plus ones to uh thing it gives more plus one counters to things that have plus one counters.
1: Absolutely.
0: I have actually a, a deck that I was playing around with on arena that was blue black focused on amass, so trying to make armies and I had Karn's Bastion in there. And even if I don't have much to do from my hand I just dump some mana into Karn's Bastion and then my army gets bigger or my planeswalker gets more loyalty. So if you're playing with any sort of uh, counters, I definitely recommend trying the Karn's Bastion in the deck.
1: Yeah, um, that actually kind of leads me pretty well into my my, my final one. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this was be kind of a fun card. And, and you're talking about um, uh, cheaper mana cards as well for commanders. So I thought Jace, Wielder of Mysteries would be a very interesting and fun planeswalker slash uh, c- commander in Brawl or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you draw a card while your library has no cards in it, you win the game. So base <laughs> um, plus 1 is target player gets puts the top two cards of the library into the graveyard. So you get a bit of a mill, but you also get a draw card on that so you get able you can draw a card when you need it. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the minus 8 is draw seven cards. Then if your library has no cards in it, you win the game. Mm-hmm. So In something where you have 25 life and the game could be drawn out basically based on your creatures standing on the board and doing nothing, I thought this one would be an interesting way to get another way to win.
0: Uh, Yeah, alternate win conditions can be pretty fun. Um, That reminds me, if you've got that as your commander, you've got probably a lot of uh, devotion to blue. So what's this other guy? Something... um... Uh, something Row Denizen. I always forget the first part of it. Oh, here we go. Sage's Row Denison. Uh, this would work well in, in this Jace deck because it's a 3-casting cost, 2-3 uh, creature. Whenever another blue creature enters a battlefield under your control, target player puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. So you've already got to have a lot of blue mana for, for summoning Jace. But then if you get out this... Uh, I, I joke about it on my stream. I call him Saint's Row Denizen. Um, so when you, when you summon him and then more blue creatures, you just keep milling the opponent or yourself and you have that alternate win condition.
1: Yeah. I think it's fun. I know, uh, three blues kind of steep, but at the same time, uh, in a game that's a little more drawn out like this, I feel like this is something that, you know, get cards yourself. And then eventually when you can, you, you know, you have a full hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. More cards versus your opponent. You'll often have that advantage that they don't definitely. And with a bunch of counter spells to protect yourself, and eventually when you get uh, higher uh, amounts of mana, you can bring out big creatures like that Shimmer Dragon. That one, uh, that's also a, a dragon that needs a lot of blue mana.
1: Yeah, yep. And you could put uh, Tempest Gens and Ashioks in there if you want some black, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Hmm. I think, however, the problem with Ashiok because it's blue or black hybrid mana, it wouldn't go in a mono blue. Uh, brawl deck because I guess the rules, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but I think the rules are when you've got a card that is hybrid mana, they are both counted, not just one or the other mana.
1: Oh, uh, Okay, so that's something I didn't know. So there you go. Good yeah, to know. I'm
0: pretty sure that is a maybe. The people in the comments could could correct me, but I'm pretty sure I, I read that that's one of the 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 gripes of people saying, well, I want to use this hybrid thing, but. It's blue or black, and I'm only gonna use the blue of it, but why do I also have to count the black of it, so that's that's annoying.
1: Uh, good point. But regardless, there's still a bunch of cards that you can throw in there that'll definitely make that I feel like an effective deck.
0: Yeah, we've gotta we've gotta put our heads together and make the perfect mill uh, brawl deck and then unleash it onto the world.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Just annoy the masses.
0: <laughs> yes. So we've been picking a bunch of different cards where um, some of them are from sets that are already out, and some of them are from the brand new set, uh, Throne of Eldraine. So in general, um, on a scale of 1 to 9,000, how hyped are you for Throne of Eldraine?
1: I'm pretty hyped. I mean, I like um, t- t- scale of 1. Uh, eight, let's go 970. Okay, so it's over 9,000. Correct, over 9,000. <laughs> or 9... Thousand seven hundred, I guess that's what I'm saying. Sure, say. or
0: even nine, even nine thousand seventy is over nine thousand technically. That,
1: is, that that is correct. The math math works
0: <laughs> So cool. What, like, what are things that are standing out in general about the concept of of the new eldraine plane, the the rain and eldraine plane?
1: I'm I'm a big fan of they're bringing the adventures to the the card and also food tokens. I think of the oh, two yeah. things that are, are that really stand out about th- this uh, set um and i think there are a lot of cards that have a bunch of value i think that they're stacking a lot of things into single cards that you would normally take one or two cards you know in pass sets to to do what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. um obviously it it takes a little time like an adventure you know um if you cast it uh the adventure first and then it goes into exile you have to cast it again so it takes extra time Mm -hmm. but a lot of the time um the adventure cost is the same or less than yeah. the creature cost cast or cast cost Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's really, you know, there's a lot of a lot of um, synergy in that respect. So I, I think that's great. And then they're introducing a new token uh, aspect to it, which uh, I can't even think of. At this point, I have a few ideas of, of how strong it can really be. But, but I think it's gonna some people are gonna really abuse that
0: the food tokens. Correct. I think I've seen people, I wasn't able to do it much myself, but I, I saw people with uh, one of the brawl decks. There was a dragon in there, I think is Corvald. Um, that one, as soon as you summoned it, you had to sacrifice your own permanent, but it would get plus one whenever you sacrificed a permanent. So there's some food on the table. Corvald could eat it and it gets stronger. And then, again, when you if you just want to sacrifice the food to gain the life, Korvald also gets stronger. So I'm sure there's other synergies, but that's one that people have already been talking about, the commander that eats the food to get stronger.
1: Absolutely. And then you have cards like uh, Giant Opportunity, which is a sorcery. It's uh, two, gener- two generic in, a, in one forest, and mm-hmm. you can sacrifice two foods when you cost it. If you do, it gives you a 7-7 seven, seven green giant creature token, <laughs> and giants are kind of big in this deck, which you can put synergy with other cards. Otherwise, you create three food tokens as well. So if you have multiple of these in the deck, you could just create mm-hmm. the tokens that you need when you cast the next one. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, you can either gain life on the tokens or use them for other you know food opportunities. And uh, the uh, flavored text says, they look tasty, but best <laughs> to plant them. <laughs>
0: What do you think in general about the flavor of things? I I think it's just so fun. This deck just feels... I mean, this set feels just so fun. There's these pun names. There's these names that harken back to fairy tales and King Arthur stuff. And it's just, in general, it just feels like a fun set.
1: Yeah, earlier we were talking about Alela. And I mean, even the flavor card as well. It says, Rankles, Pranks, are Child's Play. My games will (laughs) topple kingdom.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so much great flavor text. Uh, I bet if I just randomly pick one, I haven't seen this one at all, I'll just randomly pick it. This is Garen Briggs Squire. Find him. Find him a weapon as big as his dreams. Yeah, so like there's all of these all of this flavor text that's fun or grandiose. I think it's because of mixing fairy tales plus the Art Arthurian legend. I think they're they've done a great job of melding two of these concepts into this great amalgam of things, and they have just such a place to play with fairy tale stuff, knights, and adventuring. And this brand new adventure mechanic is just really interesting.
1: I think it serves well to their brand in general. Uh, when they, you know, they create the backstories, and comics, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. I think it helps them uh, expand on the universe, as well as you know, obviously having the different planes let them uh, have a very creative outlook on what they're going to do. And I think they're just taking advantage of that right now. And obviously, uh, you know, going back to things that people can relate to, um, like Mm -hmm. you're speaking about, uh, really, really speaks well to uh, what uh, Wizards is doing with Mm -hmm. magic.
0: There are all of these like little subtle allusions to these um, fairy tales and such like animating fairy. If you look close enough, the art on that is basically Pinocchio coming to life, although, you know, legally distinct from the famous Disney Pinocchio. Uh, And the adventure on that, it's a sorcery target non creature artifact you control becomes a zero zero artifact and put four one ones on it. So it's literally the fairy bringing Pinocchio to life. If you send her on the adventure first, you get the Pinocchio, or if you just cast her on her own, you get the fairy. And there's the same casting cost. So, like, it's almost like, why wouldn't I first? create pinocchio. Well, you need an artifact first, but uh, I think that's a very cool modular aspect of these cards that you can either send them in the adventure first or just cast them and you could do both.
1: Yeah, there's actually a, another card in the set that I found that um, that that has a ver- that speaks to what you were just talking about. Um, Murderous Rider. It's a generic and two black. It's a rare card. Um, so the instant adventure part of the card is um, you pay three, the same, which is the same, about the same as a murder, mm-hmm. actually. Um, you destroy target creature or planeswalker, not just creature, but you lose two life in the process. Mm-hmm. but the problem is then you I mean the good part about it is then you exile the card and you cast it later it's the same price one and two black and then you get a lifelink two three creature um, and then when that creature dies you put it on the bottom of your library so it doesn't go to your, uh, mm-hmm. go to your graveyard so it's, it's interesting because though it costs two life you get the option of creature or walk where murder doesn't give you that and then you get a creature back that can possibly replenish the two life you lost from casting the adventure. So I thought that was a really nice rare that they put in the deck.
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to say, that as a rare, I think it it just gives you a lot for three mana. Well, I guess if you think about it, it's six mana because you would first do the adventure and then do the creature. But still, um, three mana at the moment that you need it. And uh, you get that body of the creature plus the lifelink and... uh, I, th- this card came up on my last podcast with, uh, with my guest Alan, and he also picked it as a card that was a really good card because then I had the question, okay, well, it puts itself at the bottom of the library. That's kind of weird. But then he pointed out, yeah, but then as, uh, you're never in danger of getting milled out because if you keep getting this card back into your library at the bottom, it will be in your library for you to cast it again. So they'd have to exile it. Um, so it kind of, uh, always keeps you safe that way.
1: I, I like the way this person thinks, cause that was literally probably going to be my next point about how it's kind of an anti-mill safety <laughs> measure as well for a very cheap three.
0: Yeah. And the art is cool. He's got really cool hair. Look at it flowing all over the place. And he's, uh, oh, I just noticed he's full of arrows and so is his horse.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: correct. So it's zombie night on a zombie horse. Did you also see the other um, mecha- the other new mechanic, the one called Adamant?
1: I did not, please explain.
0: Let me look up an example of it. Okay, uh, are, where are you seeing all your cards at? Are you looking at Scryfall, or where, where are you seeing? Yeah,
1: what you, seeing? you actually linked me to that, so it worked out for me.
0: Okay, so at the very, very top, early alphabetically, Ardenvale Paladin. Uh, this is a... Uh, it's a, a 3 plus a white, and it's a 2-5 creature human knight, Adamant. If at least 3 white mana was spent to cast the spell, uh, the paladin enters with uh, an extra plus 1, plus 1. So Adamant is this new mechanic that is like the more of a certain color of mana that you spent, usually 3, um, some extra thing happens. So if you just, if you paid, you know, uh, two red and then two white for five total, you get the two five. But instead, if you cast it all with just white mana, it comes in as a four five. And you see that over and over. Adamant is usually three more mana and you get something out of it, the more devoted. it's Sort of like devotion for Theros, kind of.
1: That's pretty awesome because uh, that's just a that you're talking about there. So if they have a much one where it, you know, it enters with a plus one plus one for each uh specific mana cast it to you know, or used to cast it, mm-hmm. um, then it becomes much stronger, you know, like if that was a I don't know, a rare or something like that, and it said you used to, you know, uh three or three planes at least used to cast this, then you get that many more plus one plus ones, not just a single. So I feel like that could become really strong depending on how they ward it and how you, you know, built your deck.
0: Mm-hmm. For the people that play maybe a lot of Mono, mono Colors, that they'll definitely love that. Uh, so I haven't seen all of the Adamant uh, cards yet, but based on the ones that I have seen, it, it does give you a little bit of a boost the more you de- the more devoted you are to mana. And it's just kind of fun sometimes just to make Mono color decks where you, you don't have to worry about, I got the wrong color of, of land, or I got a tap land and it slows me down. Mono color can be fun.
1: I, I also think like a card like that being just a common gets a lot more value. Yeah, you, know, um, you get a lot more value out of something that's just a common, but it's more of a late game type thing. So if you happen to top deck, which we all have done, a card that you're not looking for, at least like you know a, a, a common like that can give you a little more value.
0: Mm-hmm. And like we were saying earlier about drafting and and the excitement of drafting. Well, I can't wait to draft this this set by itself to like really immerse myself on only these uh, these cards in this brand new plane.
1: I agree. I can't wait to play it.
0: Now, to be totally on-brand, I had I did have to look up if there were any instances of creature-type cat in Throne of Eldraine that have been revealed yet. And uh, there are only two so far, and one is Keeper of Fables. This is a, a green uh, cat. It's three and two greens. You get a four-five. And it's uh, whenever one or more non-human creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. So you go send off your your, uh, your non-humans to deal some damage. It draws you some card while this four or five hangs out. And uh, the flavor text is, only the lion knows more stories than I do. And there we go again. There's Chul- Chulain, Kulain, Cullen, whatever his name is. So that's one of the green cats. Um, might that be a fun uh, cat to put in any sort of deck?
1: Uh, of course. I mean, if if that, if that you're looking to build like uh, decks around certain creatures, that would be... Uh definitely one that i would look towards like i was saying i saw a lot of giants in this deck, yeah. so i think uh, you can really have fun with the, with that type of uh, synergy as well
0: mm-hmm. the, second clat, the second cat in eldraine is actually a black cat cauldron familiar uh for one black mana you get an uncommon one one cat but the text is when cauldron familiar enters the battlefield each opponent loses one life and you gain one life Next, sacrifice a food. Return Cauldron Familiar from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you can keep getting that cat you just have to put out a little can of cat food and it'll keep coming back to the battlefield for you.
1: Wow, that's pretty incredible. It's like uh the the um there's that flying black creature that does the same thing when it (laughs) enters the battlefield sky something blood letter skymark blood letter or something like that. Yeah. Um does the same thing, but that's even more value. Uh I think it's a one drop and you get that that enter the battlefield thing. And then, like again, you just keep bringing it back if you can. Or it doesn't need to be food either, right? You can just uh, have anything that brings a creature back to the battlefield for you, and you get that. Yeah, back to your hand.
0: Exactly. Somehow that you're able to cast it again, and for only one black mana... Uh, you, you would be able to do that. Uh, this is definitely a card where it, it thinks a lot in terms of a multiplayer because it says each opponent loses one life. So that, that would be fun for those multiplayer decks to, once again, make you the target when you're, when you're beating up on everyone at once.
1: Absolutely.
0: The flavor text is kind of interesting and funny and maybe a little sad. Every day, the cat returns to kill the same mouse, which sinks again into the cauldron's brew.
1: There's actually a card that creates mouse tokens. So that'd be pretty funny if you were battling that deck and then all of a sudden you had a cat that kept coming back and there's mouse tokens coming out.
0: Okay, that's what I've got to do. I've got to do a cats and a rats
1: deck. <laughs> well, now they've expanded to the mouse, which I've never seen before. Maybe, I, maybe I'm in ill informed but mm-hmm. that's the first time I've seen mouse.
0: Uh, and then there might even be a dog. So we can put mi- mice and cats and dogs in, in a deck and that'll be like a Tom and Jerry deck. Oh my. <laughs> Well, any, uh, any other uh, final thoughts uh, in general about Brawl or Commanders or Eldraine? We've got a lot on our plate coming up in a very short amount of time with a brand new set.
1: No, um, I, my main thought is um, I was looking at a, another card game, uh, Gwent, and they're coming out with a new set, and expansion that's only 80 cards. And I just continue to marvel mm-hmm. at Wizards' ability to um, create new things, bring back familiar things, and overall make a you know, a set that's really large. I think this set coming up is with 232 cards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I don't think all of it's filler. Many, many of them are playable. I feel like their internal testing is very strong. I And and I'm just always, always blown away by what Wizards is able to do. And this is, you know, not a promotion or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just speaking from the heart here. And I re- I'm really, really impressed what's going on. And I just continue to like to follow it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, like, just like you said that, uh, there's the range of cards that are playable from all uh rarity levels we talked a few common ones that were pretty pretty good and they are making cards for all the formats that you can find plenty we didn't really touch on other formats but you know people that are more modern players i'm sure they can find some great cards here and if you're playing standard there's a lot of great cards if you're playing commander or brawl there's cards in there too and uh, i'm not uh, too versed on popper but i'm sure there's a bunch of great popper cards in here too
1: yeah actually popper is something that i never really knew about until i played it you know in act fierce popper decks I'm proud of uh, nothing like nothing that like uh that are gonna constantly win, but just something from me never playing the format and then and, and mm-hmm. doing what I did with popper was pretty impressive
0: mm-hmm. it's fun, very cool, so okay, we are over nine thousand hyped on l very good
1: I, I agreed my 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 scatter is going off <laughs> impossible. <laughs>
0: Um, so once again, uh, Keeb, what would you like to promote streams and social media and so forth?
1: Again, my name is Keeb. I go under moniker Keeb plays on all social medias, Snapchat, Instagram. Um, I also stream on Twitch, which is my main output, uh, four to five days, five to six days a week is what I said earlier. And now I'm contradicting myself. But again, <laughs> again, my name is Keeb and Keeb plays. You'll find me everywhere.
0: Great. We'll send some traffic over your way to come and hang out with you.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you for having a chat with me.
0: As for myself, I'm also VM Campos all over the place. I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash VMCampos. On Instagram, I'm instagram.com slash VMCampos. I've even got my own website, VMCampos.com, which I I should update more often, I guess, if I'm promoting it. And I stream also. I stream over on YouTube and Twitch. I usually simulcast. I simulstream, and those are Saturdays. Those are Saturdays at 11 p.m., Uh, And you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash vmcampos. And on YouTube, I'm at youtube.com slash vmcamposjr. Don't forget the JR part. And lastly, uh, I actually can finally reveal it. I was picked by Wizards of the Coast one more time to be part of the Early Access streamer event. Uh, I'm going to be previewing the cards live of Throne of Eldraine on Tuesday, September 24th. They're going to give me 24 hours to play with the cards and do some drafting and so forth. And I'm going to be streaming. I haven't fully figured out my schedule, but probably as much as I can because they give me 24 hours and I want to jam in as much as I can. So I hope you come hang out on the stream as well there, Keeb, on that uh, Tuesday, the the 24th at some point.
1: Well, we're going to have to uh, maybe do a couple direct challenges because I, too, have been invited much and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, there is a limited window for one of the formats that they're running but other than that the 24 hours has a bunch of sealed oh it's a draft so there's like 11 a.m yeah draft and then uh, yeah the rest of it will play some sealed and then if not we can build some decks and battle if you'd like to
0: definitely okay okay listeners you heard it here first keeb versus vm campos throne of eldraine september 24th it'll be the battle of the ages let's get it <laughs> once again thank you so much for being on the podcast
1: Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. I love talking magic.
0: Thank you so much. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena.